Hello and welcome to the Lessons from the Core podcast with your host, Lisa Kara. I'm happy to have my guest with me today, Elaine Lindsay. Welcome, Elaine. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. It's such a pleasure to have you. And this episode, thank you so much, is also sponsored by Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the podcast that Elaine hosts and produce, produces. So thank you so much for that. It's so nice to have you here this week. We've been talking about this for a while at all the lovely in-person places we've been able to we see. We have. We yeah. have. And uh, yeah, I think it, I definitely think it's about time we had uh, a discussion Exactly. It's perfect timing. So Elaine is a digital integration specialist, speaker, a podcast host, which I mentioned, the ho- the podcast is called Suicide Zen Forgiveness. And her mission is to end the silence, stigma and shame around suicide and mental health. So it's again, so nice to have you here. Um, we originally met back in 2005. Yeah, a while ago. It's been a hot minute. It's been a while. And uh, we shared a love for networking and in-person events back then. And we still carry that through now. We randomly met, ran into each other again last year at like, I think we had two or three events in a row that we saw each other at in August and September. And then so many since then. So it was so nice to reconnect. Uh, we both reminisced back on the days at the Zola's breakfast with breakfast with friends breakfast with friends it was so nice it was what I think a monthly meeting at Zola's a monthly meeting and and hats off to uh, Mary and Rick Ford and um, Andre and uh, her husband that's terrible I can see him can't think of his name but they are all living in Mexico now Yes, I've been able to follow along on their social media adventures. And yeah, what a ride. And I remember I originally met Mary at like a women's event like market, but it was like a, a vendor event where there was yes, things yes. Like and then that's how I found out about breakfast with friends. And it was such a lovely community to be a part of when I first opened my brick and mortar, because at that time I had the Pilates studio yeah. and uh, the brick and mortar. And yeah, it's just, it's so nice to be able to connect with people and stay connected, reconnect, and just really see the value in building relationships and um, meeting people in our community. And not only that, what's really interesting is um, it's nice to see you still being heart centered because that was at the core of breakfast with friends. It's very, uh, very awakened, conscious group of people that uh, not only know that there's much more uh, to life and and than just business, and um, it's it's nice to see that so many of us are still within the realm of what what we were doing back then. I know I, I'm slightly slightly different because I hadn't. Uh, even started to come out and tell my story back then. I I was strictly digital integration. And at that point, we weren't even calling it integration. That that was a like, was it more websites? It, it was SEO more websites, websites, SEO. Yeah. And, and, you know, making sure that you could be visible online. 
Yes. Because, uh, you know, it was, it was still a bit of the Wild West at that point. Mm-hmm. And um, like we were pre-social media. Like oh, definitely. Then, I only got yeah, Facebook. My face like was there. Let, let's acknowledge yeah. that. And um, I was on LinkedIn in 2005 and um, really thought I didn't fit in. So didn't do an awful lot with it. And in 2007, when they opened up Facebook to regular people, mm-hmm. I basically went on there in all honesty, just to stalk my adult kids. Oh, <laughs> good tip. Good tip. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't. They didn't live here in town, either mm-hmm. one of them. And um, I don't remember if it was my son or my daughter. One of them said, "Oh my God, mom." Just because there's an accident in a town somewhere near us doesn't mean we're in it. So you don't have to call every day. (laughs) And so I found social media was wonderful because it meant I could see what was going on with them. Yes. And the bizarre offshoot. Very quickly, I had more friends than both my children. And I saw right away the use for my business clients because for me business has always been about building relationships and you know uh, point in fact here we are you know we met in 2005 and here we are still talking it's 2023 Mm -hmm. Um, it's been a hot minute Mm -hmm. but the whole concept of social media meant that small business could reach out to people directly. They could show people what they had and build a relationship before someone even came in their doors, which Mm -hmm. is a huge bonus. And especially for small business that may not have a brick and mortar space. Yes. Actually, that reminds me when I first opened my Facebook account, my name was called in balance Pilates. Yes. <laughs> and then I they finally forced me to change my name. I held on to it till the very last moment when I had to change yeah. it to a real name because I'm not I was never on it for the personal friend stuff. No. It was more no. I gotta have my business on there. And then you know pages came along and groups uh which is yeah it's also useful events you know being able to know what's going on in Ottawa so we can reconnect again and absolutely and by leaps and bounds so so much has grown out of that I was I'm uh, I spent a lot of time um basically horizontal so I spent a lot of time in hospital and and at home being very ill. The only thing I could do for the longest time was read books. And then the computer. And then the computer got internet. And the world became my oyster. And it meant even though sometimes for years at a time, I couldn't go out and do things. Mm-hmm. I could still reach out to the people I wanted to see. Yes, you can and, still keep that presence oh online God. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and I've always been an early adopter, so for me, it was about learning what I could and then how could I make that work for my clients? Yes. And and the the challenge of being able to 
take a small business that's in Ottawa and put them on page one of Google. In one case, uh, Patricia Wall, who was a holistic healer, she was a head of a senator in the States with the same name for years. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Nice yeah. SEO game there. Yeah, a little. Uh, and, and it's something I, I just want to say, and it's really important for your audience as a small business. Okay. It's really not a game. Okay. It's so simple. People tend to make SEO this big, you know, scary beast. And oh my God, how do you do that? And yes, there are billions and billions of websites. But Google is only looking for one thing. They only ever have looked for one thing. They want to answer every single query that every single user asks with the best answer possible. So some people go, oh, well, my God, that's so hard. Well, no, if you're the expert in your field, mm -hmm. you just have to be clear in how you communicate that to the search engines. And the best way to do that, don't write for the search engines. Communicate it to your customer in the way that they can understand. And, and when you really think about it, it really is simple. Because when you type in, for instance, uh, my kid has a fever of 102. Should I go to the hospital? Mm -hmm. Or... My dog got a thorn in his paw. What can I use to take it out? Or, oh my God, we spilt red wine on the carpet. <laughs> what do we do? All of those things, they're just looking for the expert that can say, here, here's what you do. Okay. And in your case, okay, I'm out of shape. I need something that's going to give me my body back. It's, well, look at that, Pilates. And look at that, imbalanced Pilates is where you need to go. Yeah. And that that comes from that, that piece for me of the digital integration. Mm -hmm. What that integration is, it's making sure that you, if you have a bricks and mortar, then your address needs to read exactly the same everywhere you put it online. So you, everybody has a little, you know, business um, license. Mm -hmm. On that business license is the address the way Google has it. Okay. That's all they want. They want exactly what they see in the documents that you have. Okay. Because you got to remember, even with AI, it's still a computer. It's only as good as what the data entry people put in. So if you follow those little rules and just make everything you do consistent, mm -hmm. like you're, you're Lisa, but perfect example here, you say on Facebook, you were in balance Pilates. Yes. As a rule follower, if I didn't know you. I would tell you, I'm sorry, I can't friend you. Mm -hmm. because that goes against the rules. And as a business online, I want to be sure everything I'm putting out follows the rules because part of my business is teaching social media. Yes. So, so that's part of it. So 
for you, the client, I would say, you know, you have to have a personal profile to run everything else. And then everywhere else you are inbound, Pilates, just not where you need to be friended. Right. Because, like, to this day, you get people uh, that, that send you stuff with a business name, but they want to be your friend. Well, if I don't even know what your first name is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of hard. Yep. <clears throat> Makes sense for sure. And we talked too about, you know, as we just being able to have that flexibility of, as you said, you know, you dealt with many years and times where you had many different medical things that you were going through, but to be able to find ways to still utilize your strengths, whether it was, you know, learning certain techie tools and, and embracing that world, because for some people it's like, no, this has gone online. I'm not ready for it yet. Don't want to learn that part yet. Uh, but to be able to really embrace it and use it to your advantage to keep, you know, feeling like you're still able to outreach, have that yeah. presence, still be an expert. Well, I think it take it took a long time to really understand mostly what my weaknesses were, not just strengths, because right. sometimes we talk ourselves out of our strengths. We only focus on the weakness. But if you start from the weakness and understand your strengths, then I knew where it would make sense for me to not just put my time, but, but to learn. Because I know that for me, I really have to be interested. I have to be passionate about what I'm doing or it's not going to get done. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it's the way I function. Um, anything comes through the mail slot that that has a bunch of gobbledygook that we have to read. Oh, that is hubby's purview, not mine. Yes. I am not interested. <laughs> you know, I'm that way since post-concussion. It's the forms yes. get to me, like yes. too many questions, too many whatever. Or if I'm like going through my day and there's too many like small talk conversations trying to get in there. I'm like, I can't, I just, I can't like you, you when you don't Absolutely. plan for having to do the extra energy or extra decisions and to someone else, it would just seem like that just, that's just part of being be human, easy. suck it up, like deal yeah. with it. But it's like, no, if I have any say in how my week's going to go and how my energy is going to flow, then I am going to be mindful about how I can yes. space this out. And, and it's a really good point about the concussion because I, I did have a hairline fracture in my head when yes. I was 20, when I had my accident. Now, that's a very long time ago. I'm 67. I have no problem saying how old I am. But back then, we didn't have the understanding or the further education that would let us know that, okay, you got to give yourself a little grace because you're not who you were before. That's right. Yep. Okay. Things have changed. You may have to do things differently. Yeah. And although I, I would say I took the long road, <laughs> many things of learning, I think it's better because I came to understand that, well, in all honesty, I have the attention span of a gnat. <laughs> uh, I don't think it had anything to do with the concussion. I think I just think there's too much in the world. I am such a curious person. Yeah. I want to experience it all. 
and and beginning to understand over the years that my attention span was so small, I realized that doing multiple tasks in a day was much more likely to get me through my day than if I tried to focus on one thing for hours at a time. Yes, yes. it just doesn't work. It's like exhausting me. and draining and Oh yeah. yeah. And and you don't get as much done. Right. But you see people all the time focus on one thing, do this till you're done. And my husband, God love him, he does one thing till it's finished. Right. <laughs> I think I would die of boredom. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah, before the hours, it's like, oh my God, no. So I give myself the um, the bonus, if you will, of having multiple things in front of me. So the yes, minute I really so you start kind of, to lag, yeah, yeah, I can go, oh, okay, okay, cool. Let's shift here for a bit here. Yes. We'll do something else. And then I find when I come back to something, my perspective is fresher. I have more energy to get back into that task. And quite often I'll come with like, oh my God, I had a really good idea because I was working on something else. It showed me, oh, wait a minute. I can apply that over here. Yes. That's going to change what we're doing. So that self um, introspection that, that often comes when you spend an awful lot of time alone, um, you know, the pandemic has allowed many people to, to sadly have too much time alone. But um, spending spending quite literally years in hospital gave me a lot of time to either wallow and and whine, or really get a handle on well, what does make me tick? Like, what is this mm-hmm. all about? And and for me, reading reading is. And learning is like air. It's like breathing for me. I'm just so curious. Mm -hmm. And so for all of those people that have always mocked us for having all of our tabs open on our computer, there is a rhyme and a reason for it. And we are justified in doing so. Yeah, I try to keep it under 100. Um, (laughs) And and I love it. it. Sadly, in this office, I have in total about seven feet of screens. Yes. Oh, you can get away with an awful lot of tabs. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. And speaking of your birthday, you know, it's to yuck yucks. We had an awesome time celebrating your birthday. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was great. Yeah. Great fun in Ottawa. So many amazing things to do. So many great places to go to have fun aside from all our fun networking things. Absolutely. And and I will say it's Yuck Yucks West, which is at Biagio's, um, uh, one of our favorite places. I've been yes. going there for quite literally decades. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can I see why we had a great time there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was quite, um, quite a swath of comedians we had that night. Yep. And great MC. Oh, yeah. 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 She's fabulous. And yeah. she's she lives in Ottawa too, which was nice. Yeah, yeah, it was a great. Was a, night. It was a very good night. Yeah. So I have a few questions that I love asking my guests, and one of them is, 
because this podcast is all about lessons from the core and we're here to really, you know, recap those lessons and just kind of look back on things. Can you think of a red flag moment in your life where you learned one of your own lessons from the core? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, comes with a very sad story, but it's really important because thanks to Andrea, I'm sitting here in front of you. Uh, when I was 16, I had hitchhiked to Vancouver in the fall and came back just before Christmas. And my friend Andrea gave me a really hard time for disappearing on everybody and not letting anybody know. And we had all these plans and, and what have you. She was very upset with me that I had done that. And uh, over Christmas and New Year's, we had tickets for the Alice Cooper concert. We were going on December 30th, and we were all super, super excited. But there was a horrific blizzard, and Toronto's airport was shut down, and Alice Cooper had to wait, and yada, yada, yada. So our concert got moved to New Year's Day night. January 1st was when we were going. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Andrea didn't get to the concert. Uh, Andrea died by her own hand the night before. And I found out at that concert with a couple of other friends, because we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have any of those things. It was January 1st, 1972. And her death, although it turned my world upside down and put me on a horrifically destructive path for the next few years, it came to be the best worst gift anyone's ever given me because she made me one of those left behind. And I got to experience what it felt like to lose somebody you love. And that may seem like, well, yeah, lots of people get that. What a lot of people don't get is a short four years later, I had gone to do a favor and pick up a friend in the middle of the night. I was just seven months pregnant. It was the middle of winter, with 30 below. The visibility was horrific. There were tons and tons of snowbanks. And I had an accident where I was standing between my car and a police car who was trying to give me a boost when another car came around the curb in the highway. There were no, there were no flares. There were no lights. He didn't get an option. He didn't see my car. And I was crushed between the three cars. Oh my goodness. I, this is where the esoteric comes in. I had commented to the person in my car just before we stopped that, oh my God, that's Andrea's grave right there. And as I flew through the air, it was weird because I had this big fur coat on and it was like the hood went up on the fur coat. Mm -hmm. And when I smashed into that tarmac of that highway, a frozen, frozen highway, my head didn't split like a melon. 
I had a slight hairline fracture. My legs were mangled beyond belief. I lost part of my left leg. I uh, lost my child. I had multiple internal injuries, but I was alive. Mm -hmm. And through that, it was next five years was a lot of surgeries and other things and, and life got very difficult. And there were many, many times where I sat on the edge of this life heading out. Mm -hmm. If it weren't for Andrea's gift, I wouldn't be here now. And suffice it to say, that's one small capsule of a long, grammatically lived life. But throughout all the decades, Andrea has always been there. When I finally acknowledged what had gone on in my life and told my life story in 2013 mm -hmm. and started really acknowledging what Andrea had done, that's why I started the podcast in 2018. In 2018. Okay. Yeah. And again, for everyone to head and follow and check it out, it's Suicide Zen Forgiveness. That's the name of the podcast. And yeah, what a gift for her to leave you with just a, such a gift of like that internal optimism and that gift of like really looking out for how you can change something around in your mind and well, understanding that it was a choice. I had to make a choice. And something I hadn't often talked about, I had, hadn't really said before, but what Andrea didn't even realize, I had lived with suicidal ideation since I was a kid. It was a weird sort okay. of option it didn't matter what happened. If I burnt the toast or if a family member died, one of the options for what came next was always, well, I could just. And I never understood where that came from. I never understood because back in those days, mm -hmm. you didn't say anything. Yes. If you said anything weird, you know what they said? They'd lock you up. Yep. And that's why the mission to end that silence. Because if we normalize the conversation around suicide, mm -hmm. ideation, and mental health, and start with kids in school, then no one has to feel alone. No one has to be stuck keeping it all in their head. Mm -hmm. Those weird little voices that we all have take over. Yep. Yeah, to give that, just to give that guidance and that support and to know that, I mean, and two, to give people a place where they can just have their, share their voice and share yeah. stories that they've gone through. So many of us have gone through so many similar things, but it's true. You keep certain things in and sometimes just knowing that someone else really truly has been through something that you're going through, it's just, it can be so empowering. Well, it's true. And, and everybody's story somebody else has gone through something very similar to you yes none of us are that weirdly unique and, right and knowing, right yeah knowing you're not alone that's there's the so much important. value in that 
And as we said, you know, off air, we were talking about how it's also another place for us to just pour into nurturing another human being. We were talking about it in terms of almost using the love languages and how we deal with our guests and well, anyone in life, whether it's someone on the podcast or, you know, any relationships, but yeah, applying it to our business relationships and how someone really needs to be talked to and valued and yeah. And I think we really benefited from going to breakfast with friends because there were people there who had, oh, they were light years ahead of the curve in not just consciousness, but um, Patricia O'Reilly who developed the human operating system. She talked about, you know, there are different ways we operate. It's like the love languages. Right. And understanding that there are very different ways for people to, to be in the world. It makes it a lot better when you're hosting a podcast or, or a show or dealing with a new client for you to take in those subtle cues they give you. So that you can understand what it is that's going to make them comfortable, mm-hmm. what's going to allow them to let their guard down, if you will. Yeah, you're right. That's so important to be that like safe place for people. Yes. And yes. to, yeah, to encourage whatever it is they need to get out at the, in that moment. That That's the perfect, perfect word. It's, it's, being a safe space being a safe space for anyone I think is really incredibly important and you radiate that I mean from meeting you back in 2005 to any time I'm in person with you in person online either one you just radiate that motherly loving supportive (laughs) friendship you know someone that's ready and willing and able to help out with whatever someone needs. And it's so, it's such a gift to have those kind of people in our lives. Well, well, thank you. It's, um, I can say the same about you. And uh, that's why we're here today is, is being so open and being so people centered. Yes. I think is it. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just want to hug you. (laughs) I hear you. And my second question on, on, uh, for this series is what is your favorite type of exercise? Favorite type of exercise has completely changed in the past 10 years, um, by necessity. Uh, I, I have no kneecaps. I have no cartilage and I'm missing, I, I have a half, uh, titanium joint and I have a titanium humerus. Okay. Shoulder. Yeah, I'm yeah. bionic. Which is very <laughs> cool. But it makes walking um, a little bit different. For so sure. Walking was a problem. And I was a swimmer and I rode horses and I figure skated. And that was all the me before the accident. Mm-hmm. And for the next couple of decades, I really struggled with coming to terms with, well, who am I now? And and what can I do? And the beauty there is you don't need legs to swim. So swimming was a big thing for me because it was one of the few things I could still do. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, 
you know, as women, our vanity, our heads, whatever, get in the way. And I would only swim where there were no people because I have a big hole in my leg. My father told me to just tell people I got bit by a shark. It was a much better story. <laughs> and then people wouldn't find that big hole. And it does kind of look like a shark bite. However, um, now, just a few years ago, I've done an awful lot of internal work. And I think I'm walking quite well. Matter of fact, I got rid of my pain and I walk my dog. So now it's dogs. But uh, I suddenly realized that I didn't have to rush. I didn't have to. There wasn't a set pace. I didn't have to cover an X amount of ground. Mm -hmm. And when I got the new half knee, uh, I just thought, okay, let's give this a shot. I love walking. Oh, fantastic. And you're out in nature and getting some vitamin on the skin and oh, that's so wonderful. And And having time with your doggies, quality time with your babies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so she, the little one doesn't always appreciate being out there too, too long, but she's four. Okay. Pounds. Okay. Okay. So you have yeah, to do some dog. carrying and not always walking maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my, uh, now you already are an author. Yes. But cause my, my third question is, uh, so it can just lead into the next one. If you were to write another book, what would it be? And please tell us uh, about your current current ones and where we can find them, titles, all that. Okay, the, the books that I am part of, they're not fully mine, uh, Understanding Social Media, uh, Social Media Myths, and uh, The Social Media Puzzle. I'm in all of those books, as well as a Google Plus book. And uh, I am halfway through Uh, a book on life lessons Mm -hmm. and the working title started out as always wear clean underwear which has a lot to do with my accidents I had gone out in the middle of the night as I said and part way to where we were going I mentioned I was pregnant I had to stop and go to the bathroom and when I walked into the bathroom there was a big mirror and as I took this big fur coat off, I realized my shirt was on inside out as it was two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And the first thing that went through my head was my grandmother's voice saying, well, at least you've got clean underwear on. Oh. <laughs> you know, and 45 minutes later, everybody saw my clean underwear. Oh. <laughs> you got to be able to laugh. You do. And that's what you said. You know, some of your biggest gifts are resilience, humor and gratitude. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, what a great motto to live by. Once, once you start having gratitude for even the littlest thing, Mm -hmm. okay, putting your feet on the floor and Mm -hmm. actually being able to stand up for me some days is a great thing. Yeah. The birds singing, the dog kissing my face, all of these are little tiny things. But when you start piling them up, oh my God, they are, they're worth their weight in gold. 
Yes. And when you start being filled with gratitude, the universe just sends it your way. 100%. Yeah. That feeling of there are miracles everywhere. And then, yeah, you just see more and more and more and miracles of connecting with people like you and being able to meet, you know, people that we wouldn't normally meet through our podcasts and guests online Absolutely. And, and with the author series, right. Being both of us being involved in those co-author books, you get yeah. to so many amazing goal-centered fellow authors. And yeah, it's such a wonderful community that we wouldn't have found out about without the, Absolutely. our online social yeah. channels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely true. Yes. Well, I'm going to be sure to link up all of your social media channels within the show notes so everyone can find you. What is your website? Uh, their Truel Social is the main digital integration site. Elaine Lindsay is my personal story. And SZF42.com is the podcast. Lovely. But the podcast is available everywhere everywhere that we listen to our podcast. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I want to prefer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We all have our favorites, right? Just the way yeah. things are set up and, and those techie tools. Um, but yeah, I want to thank you so much for taking the time today to be a guest on the Lessons from the Core podcast. It was so nice to be able to spend time with you again. And I really enjoyed hearing your story. And again, I invite everyone to check out your podcast and link up with you if you have any, if they, anyone has any website needs, SEO needs, they know where to find you. And yeah, just thanks again for taking the time to be here. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to our next get together. I appreciate so much you having me on the podcast. I say to you and our audience, make the very best of your today every day. I love that. Thanks so much, Elaine. And have a great week, everyone.